Hello and welcome everyone to the first episode of the Sideline to Sideline podcast. I am Ryan, joined by Austin and Michael, and we're going to get right into some NFL draft talk as the draft is this upcoming Thursday. So we're going to start with the biggest question of night one, and we're going to start with Mike. What is the biggest question mark night one of this NFL draft? I think when looking at the biggest question for night one of the draft, it's going to be what the Dolphins decide to do. They ultimately have the most picks and they have the most power to decide how this draft goes. And it should be real fun because the draft starts at three. The draft does start at three with your Detroit Lions. We can talk about them a little bit too later if you want. But Austin, what, what do you think is the biggest question mark night one? Like Mike said, I think uh, the Dolphins definitely have a lot on their plate and what they decide to do. Two of being a big question mark. And with other updates, I think another question mark lies with Jerry Judy being that people might be skeptical on his knee and other injury questions. And maybe not the biggest question mark, but I think another question mark might come down to Kai Becton. The failed drug test might scare a couple teams away, but I think there might be someone that's willing to take on that risk. I'm going I'm to I'm change up the vibes on you a little bit. I'm going to go with the Jaguars as a sleeper quarterback spot. They have Ooh, two like picks that. on night one, and I could see them going two at some point. I don't know if they trust Gardner Minshew. Of course, they you know let go of Nick Foles, but I don't think they trust Gardner Minshew for the long haul, and that's going to get us right into the Tua talk with Tua and Justin Herbert. Who do you think goes first, and why? We're going to start with Austin on this one. Personally, I think that the Dolphins are going to pass on Tua and take Herbert. I, I think we could see Tua slide down the board just a little bit. A Tua slide? Where do you think Tua's going to slide to that far? It could be one pick to the Chargers. It could be a couple picks, maybe even a round. Who knows? Mike, what do you think about Tua and Justin Herbert? I think Herbert's the big question mark. He reminds me a little bit of Josh Allen from a couple years ago. I think that you're going to find one team that sees his athleticism, sees the big arm, and thinks they can groom him. Who that team could be, I see the Chargers as a great fit. They have the weapons that could make his transition easy. They added to the offensive line. They have a great running back, a great pass catching running back in Eckler, a good two strong safety valves with Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry, and a deep threat with Mike Williams. I think any young quarterback would feel very comfortable in that system. When it comes to Tua, I still think he goes to the Dolphins. It's been a thing for them for a year, and all of a sudden, even when his all his medical reports are coming back good, they it sounds like they don't want him. I don't buy it. I think it's a smokescreen. Whether or not they have to trade up to get him, I'm not sure, but I do I think Tua ends up a Miami Dolphin by the end of night one. If he ends up a Miami Dolphin by the end of night one, it's, it's a win for the Dolphins. It's an absolute win, especially if they don't have to trade up to get him. If they're able to keep both of their first-round picks and get two at five, it's a win of huge proportions. Maybe even get them a weapon later on in the draft. We can talk about that later. Well, Justin Herbert is the betting favorite in Vegas right now, if you guys didn't know that. So I think I'm buying the hype. I really uh, like the Vegas Lions when they do this kind of stuff. I'm, I'm buying sure. here. Uh, I understand it. I just I don't think you change your whole philosophy in a month. None of the medicals that have came out suggest that his hip is worse. If anything, it suggests that it's better than expected. I think they're just trying to lower the trade value at three or hope he slips to them at five and throw the Chargers off the scent. I think the Chargers go Tua if Tua's there. but I mean, Tua's a great kid. He, he is. He's a phenomenal player. That second half national championship game where he just came in and absolutely just wowed everyone. I won the game in overtime for Jalen Hurts. Yep, and it, it was the end of Jalen Hurts at Bama. Basically, it was the bench the next year, and then he was out the door. We might be that, talking about Jalen Hurts in night one as well. I could see it, and that could maybe become a friendly rivalry at the next level. That, that would be a fun one to watch. 
So we're going to get into some wide receiver talk. And there's three top names in this draft, CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, and Henry Ruggs. No other wide receiver deserves being mentioned as a potential top wide receiver to go off the board in this class. So I'm going to ask you guys, when does the run on wide receiver start and who goes first? We're going to start with Mike for this one. I think the run could start around 10, 10, 11. There's also been talks of teams maybe trading up, maybe a Denver trades up to nine. I think that's about where the run starts. And the first receiver off the board, I think, is going to be Henry Ruggs. Big Ruggs fan. That might be a little – I'm not even the biggest You're fan. You're not a big it, fan, but you know these NFL teams value speed. It's, it's all about the speed. Everyone who sees Henry Ruggs sees the 40 time and sees maybe the next Tyree Kill. Personally, when I've seen the, the limited film I've watched on him and when I've looked at his measurables and numbers, I, he reminds me of a Will Fuller more than a Tyree Kill. But that's an incredible player if he's healthy. So I think looking at Will Fuller to Henry Ruggs, I think that's a really good comparison. And I think the speed will attract someone to bite a little earlier than they should. I I couldn't agree more with you there. But I I have CeeDee Lamb going off the board first. And I'm just going to point out a dream scenario. I know it's not going to happen. But Kyler Murray has been campaigning for CeeDee Lamb to go to the Cardinals. Imagine having DeAndre Hopkins. And DeAndre Hopkins, like the clone, like his pro comparison. And to and to dive deeper into that, what does that mean for Christian Kirk? It means he might be a cowboy. I, I, I would love that fit. Another fit that I think would be really good would be Minnesota. Well, they need to replace Stefan Diggs badly there in Minnesota. I think it realistically starts at 11 with the Jets. You mentioned a trade-up with Cleveland. I think that could happen as well. But I think the Jets get their guy in CeeDee Lamb at 11. I would have to agree with you, Ryan. Looking at the board, barring any trades, I think – even if the Jets decide to go offensive line, I think the wide receiver run is going to start at no later than 12 with the Raiders. The Raiders, their their depth chart's very weak. They have Tyrell Williams, Hunter Renfro, and Brick for Hands, Nelson Aguilar. They, they need some help big time in the receiving front. And I think they go Jerry Judy if he's on the board. If they're the first team to take, I think Judy's first off the board. Even with the, even with the injury reports coming out, you still believe in I, Jerry Judy? I think so. I think... If the Jets decide to go wide receiver, I agree with you. I think they're taking CD. As far as Henry Ruggs, I'm not sure where he'll end up in the mix, possibly to the Broncos at 15. But, yeah, I think between the Jets and the Raiders, that's going to be the starting point unless someone makes a move ahead of them. Brian, you talk about your Eagles. The Eagles desperately need to get Wentz a top weapon. Could you see them getting in the mix anywhere? I don't think it's going to happen. I want them to, desperately. I'm a big C.D. Lamb guy. You guys both know how long I've been campaigning for him as wide receiver one of this class. No doubt. I think he's going to be dominant at the next level. His player profile comparison for measurables and everything was Jerry Rice. So, I mean, that's, 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 that's pretty good. That's not bad, I, I would say. <laughs> but I think Howie's one of those close to the best GMs, and he doesn't really reveal what he's going for. So all these wide receivers linked to the Eagles, I, I don't think it's going to happen. But realistically, I think each receiver could go off the board first. It just depends what team bites first. I think if Denver picks first, it's Ruggs. If it's the Jets, it's Lamb. If it's the Raiders, it's Judy. I have to agree with you on that one. Continuing to look at wide receiver, a name that I haven't heard tied to the Eagles that I think the Eagles might be interested in is a Denzel Mims. He kind of reminds me of a young Alshon Jeffrey. Same kind of player with the no screen yards. It's It would be an interesting fit, and you could basically replace Alshon Jeffrey with Alshon Jeffrey and move on with the cheaper guy. Problem here is that they have been linked to Denzel Mims. Three wide receivers in the last two days have come out and said, how interested the Eagles are in them, like all in on them. And I don't think we take any of them. And, the, and then there's the reports that were out that 
Justin Jefferson to Philly is a lock, and no one's talking about that anymore. So no one's talking. Maybe it's smoke screaming. The rumor has it that someone's going to jump the Eagles for Justin Jefferson. So I think Justin Jefferson at this point is guaranteed fourth off the board for Jordan Matthews. Tough scenes. Oh, that's that's a that's a calm. We're we're gonna just have to wait and see with that. We're gonna go into our unexpected risers and fallers in this draft. So Austin, what do you what do you got for your unexpected riser or faller for this draft class? Now, I don't know how controversial this may seem. One name that sticks out to me, like I brought up in my question mark, is Kai Becton. I don't think he's not one of the top-rated offensive linemen. There's a couple names ahead of him. And this team from Miami, they have picks 18 and 26. And if they go and get their guy at at five for quarterback, they're going to look for some protection for him. And as we've seen in years past, drug problems don't really seem to phase them, as we saw with Laramie Tunsil. And so I could see them possibly using those late picks, maybe jump a couple spots and take Mekhi Becton. I, I could definitely see the Dolphins doing that. I think ideal scenario for the Dolphins is two at five or Herbert if they choose to go that direction. And then an offensive tackle if they have to jump a couple teams or take one at their second draft selection. Then you got to go running back at 26. De- DeAndre Swift's the name. and he, he's, the on here. He's, on, he's on here for me somewhere. We're, we're going we're gonna to get to him too. Mike, who is your unexpected riser or faller? So I have a couple. A guy that I think could rise pretty high is Cesar Ruiz. He's a guard, so the value isn't quite there, I would say, that there is with tackles. But he comes from a pedigreed program with Michigan. Oh, you, you, wanted, and, you wanted to slide that in there. Oh, have to. Always. Go <laughs> a little, little, little bias there. I'll Anyways, Cesar Ruiz, he's already viewed as a late first-round pick, early second range. Another guy who I think could go higher than people think is really any of the wide receivers. I think it's so unpredictable. Could a team like Miami reach on a guy at 16 that they don't think will be there at 26? Could they be interested in getting another guy to compliment Preston and Devontae Parker? Do they even count on Preston Williams at this point? I think they're a sneaky team. And a name I wouldn't be surprised to see is with all the reports coming out with Chenault's doctor and with him releasing video of his workouts, maybe he jumps up a little higher again. He was seen a lot in the late first early on and then kind of stopped talking about. For a faller, I just have a feeling Jordan loves going to slip farther than people think. I think a lot of people thought four quarterbacks maybe in the top ten. I'm still thinking that. I'm still on that train. I am as well. I could see Everything's it. going quiet around love. That's a good thing. That's it a, might be. That's a good thing. He, he could just become the forgotten guy with everyone trying to figure out Tua. I think it either means that someone loves him and is keeping everything quiet, or maybe he falls. And if he falls, does New England pull the trigger? Uh, I think they'd have to at this point. There's no way they can bank on Stidham, right? There's no way. There was rumors. People were floating it around today that they were going to move up to the, the Buccaneers pick with the Gronk transaction that happened today. I wasn't buying that. Have, you can't ask yeah. for a pick swap in the first round. The Patriots no still way. got a, a technical haul for Gronkowski they, coming out of retirement. They got a fourth-round pick for a guy who's ne- who was never going to play for them again. It was just beautiful by them. Belichick, that was a good trade. Bel- Belichick does it again. For my riser, it's, it's got to be Jalen Rager. I mean, come on. I run the campaign trail for him as well. Him <laughs> and C.D. Lamb. I think NFL teams value more than most of the media does. I would love to see him at 21 to Philly if we stay there or in a trade back. I heard he could go to the Saints as well. Him, Emmanuel Sanders, and Michael Thomas with the last two years of Drew Brees would be something to watch. And then I'm going to save my other riser for my bold prediction, Ooh. what I think is going to happen on draft night. I'm just going to save it a little bit. 
And you couldn't find a better person to mentor Rager than Emmanuel Sanders. Great guy, been in the league a long time. That would be a perfect pick. So we're going to get into some rumors. So we have the Falcons. Who are they going to trade up for? There's rumors that they're going to move into the top five. Definitely the top ten, but I heard they could go as high as five, maybe even three to Detroit. Sound great to me. We don't know what's going to happen, but they're definitely the biggest wild card. Austin, who do you think they're going to trade up for if they make a gigantic move like this? I think the rumors are true. I think they're going to move up. I think they're going to throw an offer at Detroit that they just can't refuse and get their guy Okuda. And with that trade, that's going to put the Lions right in prime position to take a, a guy named Javon Kinlaw. And I'll let Mike take it away on this one because he has yeah, lots of things to say Let Mike about go. Him. As a Lions fan, I have heard rumors, everything from Tua to Chase Young if he slips, to Jeffrey Okuda, to maybe even they like C.J. Henderson and they're throwing the smoke about Okuda. And the more I read about this and I hear the Falcons are trying to trade up with Detroit, to get the third pick, and I see the range will fall in. Javon Kinlaw could be the best defensive lineman in this draft. He has shown prediction. <laughs> he has shown pass rushing chops on a team that had no help for him anywhere on the field. By the way, better bold prediction coming later. And when you see this, there's plays in film where he'll just destroy someone off the ball. You consider looking at Detroit and how much Patricia and the quote-unquote Detroit Patriots love their versatility and they love players who can do multiple things. His size allows him to play inside or out. He brings pass rushing to the Lions that we haven't had since Ziggy Ansah had a full shoulder. He will be able to slide in and out. He'll get to play with Trey Flowers, who is kind of a comparable player to a degree size-wise, I think could show him how to move in and out. I think it would be a perfect fit he even said on Twitter a month ago that he, would, he wants Detroit to take him at three. He's interviewed with us. He's my guy in this draft. And if we fall down to this range and we don't take him, you will see a rant of epic proportions Thursday night. Michael B. Punch in the air. He will be punched in the air. You, you've had an eventful draft cycle. The Eagles have been linked to Justin Jefferson in every mock draft for about three months. You've, you've gone through the ringer of guys. There's been so many guys. The, the, the Tua rumors just make, don't make any sense. Stafford has three years left on his deal, and the only reason to consider moving on from Stafford would be injury concerns. So trading for a player who's had three injuries in two years and his biggest question mark is injury just doesn't make sense for our organization. From what you're stating, you, you are presenting a very good argument for the Detroit Lions franchise. If there was a player to trade up for at or not trade up for to get a quarterback in this draft for the Detroit Lions, it would be Jordan Love. The arm talent is similar to Stafford, and sitting him behind Stafford for a year or two and letting Stafford finish in Detroit the right way would be just the best fit of all the QBs at the top for Detroit. Hard to argue with that one, even though I think there's an off chance they could go Tua at three. Just just a very off chance. I, I feel like this draft's gonna be weird and it could happen. I'm not saying it's going to by any means, but... This podcast will go viral if that happens. <laughs> you, you, you'd have an epic rant. I, I just let you talk for the whole podcast. But I think the Falcons are trading up for Derek Brown. They have not had a decent defensive tackle next to Grady Jarrett, you know, since Grady Jarrett's been in his peak performance. Derek Brown brings pass rushing to the table. I know Mike does not agree on Derek Brown. I watched his LSU game the other night, catching up on it. I, I saw him triple teamed at least a couple snaps of the ball game. It's just ridiculous it, what he brings to the table. I think the Falcons are going for 
to solidify their defensive front. They just lost Vic Beasley in free agency to the Titans. And I think Derek Brown will bring that stability next to Grady Jarrett that they've been looking for for so long. I mean, I could see it. It would make sense to a degree. I think the only concern there is who's going to cover in that secondary. Losing Trufant, Keanu Neal is just a walking mess. He, he can't stay healthy as great of a player as he is. They need secondary help in the worst way. And there's some guys up top, and if they trade up that high, it's got to be Okuda, I think. We'll see, though, on Thursday night. We will see on Thursday night. And we're going to cap off the podcast with some bold predictions. I am really eager to hear what we got on for this segment. So Mike could start us off with this one. Bold prediction. You said you had a spicy one, so we got, we got to start with the heat here. My first bold prediction is that Jalen Hurts ends up in Pittsburgh. And after he ends up in Pittsburgh, Big Ben is just not the same player. And Jalen Hurts will lead them to 13 wins this year. Talk about a bold prediction. As a Steelers (laughs) fan, I I love to hear it. I'm a big Jalen Hurts fan. I don't think I quite agree with your Ben Roethlisberger prediction, but there are some plus sides to what you had to say there. So I'll leave it at that. Hurts, in many people's eyes, needs a year, maybe two, to become what he's going to be. But he's got all the intangibles. Many of the great things that people say about Tua as a leader and a person apply to Jalen Hurts as well. He's got fantastic mobility, which when you look at the Steelers' offense last year, it was glorified Wildcat, and they won eight games with no passing threat. So thinking going forward, Jalen Hurts would be a nice grooming project, and I think that the experience would start earlier than people think. And I wouldn't be surprised if maybe a team – jumps up and gets Jalen Hurts because maybe they learn a little bit from the Lamar Jackson mistake of every team and hopefully Jalen Hurts benefits from it he's a great kid and going off of that if he would end up in Pittsburgh that would definitely be a change of pace for their offense because as we know they don't have a very good history of mobile quarterbacks their last mobile quarterback was probably the year that they had Vic for a couple games and that wasn't no prime Vic either definitely definitely not a prime Vic when you see Jalen Hurts, it's hard to imagine that there isn't a team out there that finds a way for him to succeed. I'm not a big Jalen Hurts guy. I'm pretty sure me and Ryan have gotten in arguments about him in the past. Several. But, but his athleticism and his leadership will just translate. Someone will find a way to su- succeed with him. I mean, Taysom Hill has a spot on an NFL roster. It can't be that hard to make him translate. For sure. That leads me into one of my bold predictions, and it also falls with the Steelers. Now, the Steelers aren't known for trading into the first round very often. We saw it last year with Devin Bush. Last time before that was when they went up and got Troy Polamalu. As you said, Jalen Hurts could definitely move up the draft boards, and if that's where they're looking to go at quarterback, who knows? They might make a move. Another position that they could also use some help at is secondary in the secondary they got the trade for Minko which paid dividends but Edmonds just ain't really cutting it and I could see them possibly making a jump for uh, Xavier McKinney out of Alabama that is bull they might have to jump a long way for Xavier McKinney I've seen him in mock drafts all the way from 34 to 16 or 17 16 seen at the Cowboys slot I might have seen him in Atlanta slot put him next to Keanu Neal before we let Prosik cap off with his ginormous bold prediction I don't think he's ginormous it's just a good one. Oh, well, you're a good bold prediction. You had a spicy one. We're going to put one more out there. And I've been doing a little extra research lately to look at some positions of depth in this draft. And I found a player later round pick that I really like. And I think he's a great fit in a couple of places. 
I think Zach Moss could be a top five running back in this draft class and as high as top three. He runs angry, breaks a lot of tackles, and there are some places that would absolutely love him. Maybe a um, nice throwback running back for a Pete Carroll offense in Seattle. And I think you could see him become a feature back for a team like Seattle as soon as next year. I have seen so many Zach Moss-related Twitter arguments. It is bizarre. <laughs> I've seen a couple, too. He there. runs angry. He, he just does. He breaks a ton of tackles, and he's physical. You're definitely right with that one. So getting into my bold prediction, I have, I have two. I have one that we could possibly see. I'm just going to go up a rap sheet tweet for this that I think it's going to happen. He said running backs in the 26 to 32 range. I think two go in the first round. I think DeAndre Swift and Jonathan Taylor are that good of players. I know the running backs position is devalued, but I still think we could see them go late first with all those running back needy teams. You got Baltimore, you got Kansas City may take a running back. I know that's been everyone's fantasy dream for how long now. I will be so sad if Taylor goes to Baltimore. He would just be so good, and I want him in Detroit so bad. Hopefully that'll happen for you on day two, but there's so many teams. I saw Jonathan Taylor wanting Seattle in one of his interviews. I saw Russell Wilson like that tweet. That, that got some shock in the, in the community. Oh, oh. That'd, be, that'd be pretty nuts. DeAndre Swift is such a good back. I think Miami's the perfect fit for him. I think that could happen with their third first-round pick, similar to Josh Jacobs with the Raiders' three first-round picks last year. I think they could use one at running back and afford to do that. That's where the questions come back. If they don't have to trade up, they get to keep all three of those picks. And they, they just have so much flexibility. They really control the first round. They could definitely control the first round. I don't know what Miami's going to be doing. But my good bold prediction, as I said earlier, I'm just going to say it right now. C.J. Henderson at three. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. I think, I think it's going to happen. I've seen all the talk. To I'm who? buying it. I don't know who's going to make the pick. I can't tell who's going to make the pick. If I had to guess, I think it'd be Atlanta or Jacksonville. Hey, C.J. Henderson, he's not a fit in Detroit. I was going to say Detroit is – my long shot in that scenario. He can't agree. tackle. If we took him, I'd be floored. But that sounds great to me. Can we just sign it up right now and just send it on? I'd love it. You, you're all for a trade down. You're going to be mad if it's not Okuda or a trade down. I am. Unless Chase Young slips by some unforeknown reason. There was the rumor today that the Redskins would be listening to offers. I can't imagine any team trades up for a non-Chase Young but if Chase Young was there, he's the pick. You just have to take him. You're hoping for a computer glitch. That'd be great. They can auto-draft Jacob Bezanet, too. <laughs> That'd be wild. I don't know. Maybe we see our first auto-drafted NFL player. I saw that take on the timeline today. That'd be wild. It won't be my team. We have our IT guy living in the GM <laughs> driveway. Living in the RV on the driveway for three days. <laughs> I saw that one. But that's, who knows? That's wild. Redskins will Redskin. You, you never know, man, with any of these franchises, what's going to happen. But yeah, I have CJ Henderson going. I have a gut feeling. Like, you know, when he, he can cover. He can cover. A lot of these teams want to trade up. Atlanta and Jacksonville both need cornerbacks. Who knows? Yep. Maybe, maybe the Okuda being CB1 may just be, you know, thrown out the window here. I've seen a lot of people favor Henderson over Okuda, and it's just wild to me. But it could be an insane move. It would be interesting to say the least, if that happened. I don't know how people would react. Would it be a more outward reaction over Daniel Jones last year or Clellan Farrell? Uh, I think it would have to be because Daniel Jones was linked to the Giants for a long time. At 16, for sure. But 
people knew that that was of interest where, I mean, this would be like newly developing out of left field. I mean, everyone's been saying Okuda for the longest and there's just starting to be the whispers of CJ Henderson. That's where it gets me. The, the whispers are starting right near draft time. It could, that it could, could be, be smoke screen. It could be a smoke screen, but I think it happened with just enough people to where I believe it. I could see it. Like when someone releases a rumor, you're like, oh, it's whatever. Some people talk about it. It may or may not happen. This one, I think, has some legs to it. You go back to the Vegas odds and you see that CJ Henderson's odds, his over-under draft position shot up the board too. So Vegas is buying it. And if Vegas is buying it, you got to consider it. One late prediction. I also have one to add. Damon Arnett. He's a second-round pick based on his off-the-field issues, but you want out of defense, you want pit bulls, you want dogs. And against my Michigan this year, he's a dog. He played with a broken hand at cornerback this year. He had a cast on all year. He plays really hard, and I don't know how many people saw the stuff with Kuiper and Okuda, but Okuda believes in him. There's people are saying that he just loves football and that's what could save his life. And those are always the kind of people that you want because football means more to him than anything. He'll want to improve. I think you could see him maybe slip into, back into the first round. Now, while we're on the conversation of bold predictions and cornerback talk, a name I want to throw in the pot that I also could see as a, a riser is a guy by the name of Trayvon Diggs, younger brother to Stefan. Played corner. He also has a lot of experience at wide receiver. I think he shows a lot of versatility. And right now he's projected as a late first, early second, but I wouldn't be surprised to see his name move up the draft board to a team looking for someone like that. It won't be Minnesota. Won't be Minnesota, that's for sure. (laughs) Well, this shapes up to be one of the most unpredictable drafts in years, and we can't wait to see what happens. And we hope you'll join us for the next episode of Sideline to Sideline with a round one recap of the NFL draft. We hope to see you guys there.